This episode of Tay Learning is dedicated to Allie Anderson, who received the 22 hat on night two Cincinnati. She recently lost her long battle with cancer, and this episode is for you, girl. Happy Wednesday and welcome back to Tay Learning. My name is Danny. And I'm Olivia. We are your co-hosts. This is our first episode since something kind of iconic happened. And I know it's not the Harry Styles episode. I know we teased that. We'll talk about that in a minute. But something a little bit more pressing kind of happened over the weekend. And I think it's time we unpack and we talk about some current events in our newest series, this is a state of Swift. Swift. <laughs> Basically, this new miniseries, State of Swift, is going to be in the moment. It's going to be when mm-hmm. things happen. Our entire point with Tay Learning is about teaching things and getting new and old Swifties caught up to date on all of the lore. Mm-hmm. But lore is happening right in front of our eyes. So we, speak. <laughs> we need to talk about it. And I feel like, at least before this episode, we never really had a good opportunity to talk about in-the-moment pop culture moments with Taylor. We we try to touch on it, like, in the beginning, like, 10 minutes before hopping into the rest of the episode. But we're trying to get on a schedule where we record our episodes a couple weeks in advance just to give us, like, some more time on the back end to edit and, like, create social media content for it. So we're trying to get on, like, a more sustainable schedule for our recording, editing, and releasing process. And we found that lately we've been doing good at that, staying ahead, but we have been missing opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to talk about what is actively happening with Taylor right now. And a lot has been happening and we have feelings about it. Yeah, we have a lot of feelings and a good chunk of those feelings, at least for me, come from the fact, as I've said on this podcast before, Travis Kelsey is not new in my realm. He's not new in Olivia's Mm -hmm. realm. He entered Mm -hmm. my realm like 10 years ago and he joined the Chiefs, which have been my team since before I could speak. And then Olivia moved to Kansas City in 2020. We became friends. And that same year, I pulled her into loving the Chiefs long before Swelsey was even a conversation. So this is bizarre. This is weird. What timeline are we in? It's a weird crossover episode that I never saw coming. What a time to live in Kansas City. Sorry, Olivia. Hey, you're not going to be living there for much longer, so. Okay, drag me. <laughs> Play my boyfriend for that one. I do. <laughs> Just when T- Taylor and Travis are going to start getting serious, you're going to be leaving. Yeah, I saw somebody like read her chart or something, and they had a video of reading her astrological chart. And again, please, nobody quote me. I have not looked at her chart, and I don't know how honest this person was. But like a year ago, they made a video saying, yeah, it looks like things will start getting serious for her around 2024. But then she and Joe Alwyn split up. So I was like, all right, well, that girl's crazy. But then she brought that video back up and was like, I didn't say it was with Joe Alwyn. I never mm-hmm. said that she was going to settle down, get married or whatever with Joe Alwyn in 2024. So there are people thinking that they're going to like move quick, quick, like engagement within a year quick. I just, I don't know how I feel about that because my mind goes to the the only kind of girl they see is a one night or a wife. And I don't want her to be pressured and do something she's not ready for. Women don't have to get married. But if she wants it. I feel like it depends on the person you're with, how quickly you're willing to move forward. And they've already moved really quickly. They've already met all the parents, publicly hung out in front of the fans, and Taylor knows what that means. Like, I know that 
we all as fans have parasocial relationships with Taylor, but I think she also has an important parasocial relationship right back. She knows what it means to be displaying PDA with somebody in front of us. We're like an extension of family almost to her, you know? We've been with her through everything, and I don't think she would have put a relationship on public display for us if she wasn't feeling serious about it. Yeah, PR relationships are real, and they're not necessarily uncommon. I cannot imagine at this point that it is a PR relationship, looping back to what you just said, because she knows that what that would do to her fans mm-hmm. if, A, that ever got out. And eventually that kind of stuff usually does get out at some point. Yeah. And B, if it crashed and burned in the public eye, crashed and burned, I'm using air quotes, y'all can't see. So I don't think it's a PR relationship at all. I understand why people might think it's a PR relationship. I don't think that it is. I don't think that either of them at this point in their lives have that in them. And they don't need it. Before they got together, they were already the best at their respective fields. And by the way, good PR doesn't really matter if you're a shit tight end in the NFL, and he just happens to be the best active tight end in the NFL. So he didn't need the PR. He was already serial box cover level famous for the NFL. And she was already at the top of her game that she's been at thus far in her career. They They don't need this. Yeah. He's already won two Super Bowls. She's already sold out stadiums worldwide. Highest grossing concert film. Like, I don't get the the benefit of a PR relationship. The only person or, I guess, entity benefiting directly from this is the NFL. <laughs> and they're milking it. And, like, Travis doesn't have control over how the NFL handles it. I saw this ridiculous TikTok of somebody saying that they think – this dumb conspiracy theory they think that the government is paying taylor and travis to get married and have babies as soon as possible so that there will be a baby boom in reaction to them like all trendy and i said this to my roommate rebecca and rebecca was like i think if that's true and it's a crazy conspiracy theory so it's probably (laughs) not but if that's true the government wildly misunderstands why people are not having children and not getting married and it all has to do with money and this podcast is not an economics podcast or a trickle-down economics podcast or a why things are fucked up podcast yeah (laughs) they do not understand and that conspiracy theory is wild if they're picking anyone to try to promote having babies um (laughs) taylor swift is not the one you know because like yeah people aren't having babies because it's expensive Uh, and taylor swift is making me broke single-handedly (laughs) literally today as we're recording it she just dropped the holiday merch collection and i casually spent 250 dollars on a day that i wasn't prepared to she can't keep getting away with this it happens every time i don't want to talk about how much money i spent buying the five 1989 vinyls and four 1989 cds as i did Uh, okay well let's let's, concert tickets let's unwind but before we do our unwind, we're going to hear <laughs> from our sponsors, and then we're going to unwind and unpack last weekend. So we have to break the ice with probably the most notorious moment from the whole weekend, which is karma is the guy on the Chiefs. Coming straight home to me. <laughs> Just so y'all know, <laughs> me and Olivia were actively in an interview for another podcast while that show was happening. So we missed that live stream. We were devastated we were going to miss it. But Olivia was like... Yeah, we'll probably miss a couple of normal songs. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. And then we get off the interview. Rebecca comes running into the room and is like, 
you have no idea what you've missed. You're walking into hellfire when you open up your phone. And she was totally right. And the biggest one was karma is the guy on the Chiefs. Karma is my tight end. Just crazy. And it's so interesting that she did that in the moment. And you could tell that it was an in-the-moment decision because her dancers were all like, whoa. Even her, it was like some an, an invasive thought got in there and was like, let's do this. Yeah, let's- she said it out loud and like <laughs> giggled. <laughs> and he looked shocked. His hands hit his face. And Scott Blush. Swift was so hard. Like, there was hands in the air. It was crazy. He was so red. Yeah. It was me literally kick my little feet. I cannot. It was amazing. And I think that that's one of those things. That's one of those moments that will go down in Swifty fandom forever as mm-hmm. icon behavior. Because she hasn't done anything like that before. She hasn't had to do anything like that before. I think the last time she changed a lyric for a guy was back to December years ago when she changed it to, to yeah. this for the boy from Michigan, for Taylor Lautner when she was performing in Michigan. Yeah, in Grand Rapids at that, which is where he's from. But I mean, she's also done like some mild things like say certain lines with a British accent after breaking up with certain British boyfriends. But this one is like very obvious. (laughs) Yes, it was a crazy call out. And on top of that, Karma re-entered the iTunes top 10 after this Because of that? Oh my God. Yep, it shot it back up up towards the top so it probably wasn't like some strategic marketing decision by taylor but if it had been it would have paid off i don't know i don't think taylor needs a lot of crazy strategy to make waves in music and if she wants to push a certain song she just has to do something a little unhinged during it that's all the marketing she needs and the other thing is the kiss scene around the world I'm not sure if I've ever seen her kiss somebody. I'm trying to think. I guess Harry Styles at New Year's Eve. Yeah. It's the first public kiss that she and Travis have had. And yeah, she keeps things really private. And she ran up to him. She was waving to fans, as show as does. I'm sure you've all seen the video. Runs up to him. And I think my favorite part of that whole video is that his hands are behind his back. And he's just cheesing, looking at her so happy. And he waits for her to indicate how much she wants to show to the fans. So when Mm -hmm. she goes in and wraps her arms for a kiss, he wraps his arms around her lower back, right back to her. Like, he, he wanted her to guide the PDA. And I think there's like a big difference too between keeping your relationship private and allowing normal PDA. Like that's normal PDA. That's not nothing like crazy. They're not being absolutely obscene in public. You know, that's just normal affection, which she shows normal affection to her friends in public too. I'm sure she wants that comfortability and freedom to do so, but she also still keeps her relationship private at the same time. We'll unpack this when we talk about Joe Alwyn, and we've said this in the podcast before. When Taylor Swift became a recluse and had her relationship with Joe Alwyn that was very behind closed doors, very both private and also secret, she, from our understanding, thought that's what she wanted at the time. Everything else hadn't worked out, Mm -hmm. so something very private simply must work. And as it turns out, the privacy worked for their relationship, but it seemed to not work for Taylor as a person. She yeah, likes the public career. Eye. Yeah. She likes the public eye. She likes her career being huge. She likes fan interactions and having parasocial relationships with her fans. She enjoys those things. And her relationship with Joe, from, again, our understanding, I have to preface that. We do not know As these of people. right now, at least, too. 
as of right now, before TS11 or any other tea is spilled especially, it seems like their relationship was at its strongest when she was kind of personally at her weakest and when things were really pulled in and quiet and introverted. And that's not necessarily what she wants out of a relationship, even if she thought she did at one point. And that's not Joe Alwyn's fault. That's not Taylor's fault. No. But she and Travis seem surprisingly very well suited to one another. I have always been very excited about Travis on this little journey we've been going on for the past couple months because he is the perfect amount of different from her last relationship to at least try something new. And I love the idea of her as a silly, goofy human, which if you've been a longtime Swifty, you know that girl is silly. Being with someone else who is equally silly, goofy and has a career that doesn't even come close to like getting in the way of hers and vice versa. Her career isn't close to getting in the way of his. I think I've talked a little bit about this to Danny personally in real life and not on a mic. I don't know why I said that so weird. Anyway, he's getting close to an age where it's normal to retire in the NFL. So he doesn't have much longer left in his career which kind of gives him the freedom to be around for Taylor's and to be kind of mold to her life if that is the path that they choose to take, which I think she needs someone who has that as an option. Especially for tight ends, by the way. His particular role is really taxing on the body. So Mm -hmm. it would not surprise me if he hung up the jersey in the next few years. As a Kansas City Chiefs fan to my core, no, I don't want that to happen. I Mm -hmm. understand that there is a high likelihood that that will happen. And I feel like if Travis was in the position where his job was probably end up on the path that many very talented players do, which is being a sports broadcaster. If he ends up giving commentary on sports for four months, five months out of the year, and then the other part of the year, he's Taylor Swift's boyfriend as a career, career with air quotes, Literally, be perfectly happy. He loves this attention. It would give him the opportunity to do something more laid back and like fun at its core. I'm sure he has fun playing football, but there's a lot of potential for getting seriously injured and there's a lot of higher stakes there. I bet, at least for Taylor, like, yeah, performing is a job, but she has so much fun doing it and it's so much fun for her friends and family to go and support her at it. It's just like a forever vacation almost. <laughs> Speaking of her having fun performing, it was so clear that the performance the other night when he was there, to me, was like a private concert for Travis Kelsey. And there just happened to be 70,000 people there watching because yeah. she pointed at him during, you know, I love the players in blank space. She pointed at him during Willows. That's my man during That's Enchanted. She looked over at him and did that. I was enchanted to meet you and her arm flew out towards him. And my personal favorite, Lover. (laughs) We've talked about, and I'm pretty sure on the pod, that Mm -hmm. Lover has been such a almost devastating era to watch because she's just fully dissociating. She's had dead eyes. Her hands are doing the movements, but she does not believe a word she's saying during Lover. Oh, to get to experience watching her perform Lover on the Eras tour while she's actively falling in love. I'm so jealous of people who still have it coming. For real. And I remember toward the beginning of tour, after news of Joe and Taylor's split, I was like, oh, I wish I could have experienced Lover 
and the subsequent songs in an era where she like believed the words that's my favorite album so seeing her perform them with little to no emotion in her face she does a very good job acting with her voice but like nothing in her face (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's heartbreaking and a little moment that is one of my favorite moments from the entire night was a fan handed Travis the we will stay sign. And when she's <laughs> singing the archer, who could ever leave me, darling, but who could stay? He held the sign up. We will stay. And he could have ignored the sign. He could have set it down after it was handed to him would have been fully within his rights, but he didn't. And he knew when to hold it up. Yeah. He participated in the fan project. <laughs> Utterly wholesome. And not only that on a personal level, on a human level, he was right next to her dad while he did that yeah old move if he did not see a serious future with her and he even like danced along and vibed to vigilante shit when he could have just been sitting there awkward next to her dad yeah they had really good banter throughout the whole thing one point during vigilante shit scott whispered something into travis's ear and travis laughed i would kill to know what he said my guess is it was some type of joke to break the ice because it had been really awkward for them to watch right. taylor chair dance together and he was like this is my little personal least favorite part of the show like <laughs> i i'm hoping that it was a joke like that that scott made so funny one of my favorite moments between scott and travis was <laughs> during one of the cheers the ole 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 Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. And Travis was participating in it because one, it's infectious. I've been singing it all day. It's just stuck <laughs> in my head. And I'm just on a high from a concert I wasn't even in the same country as. Anywho, Travis was singing along and Scott whips out his little phone with the flash. It takes a video of him zoomed in on his face. <laughs> such bad quality, but also such a dad thing to do. Scott must really like him if he's wanting to take videos of Travis being there and joking with him all night. When the show was over and they were heading backstage, Travis walked into like the the curtained like tunnel area to like the true backstage concourse, whatever, where Taylor leaves the concert. Basically, he walked back there with Scott and Scott ushered him back out and was like you need to stand here she'll be coming this way you obviously can't hear him but he's like motioning and stuff it sets him up to like be there for taylor (laughs) so freaking wholesome and travis brought scott a chief's lanyard that scott wore throughout the night so he's got chief stuff on they just seem to be really enjoying each other's company and i loved it also to the ole ole oles somebody asked me what that meant and it's just something that latin americans do for people that they respect but particularly sports stars from yeah. what i looked up please correct the chant me if i'm wrong yeah it's just a chant it's very normal and they were doing it for travis too and they were going ole 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 travis travis <laughs> and, and I he was like stop 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 <laughs> it was so cute One of my favorite unhinged performance moments was when she played Endgame, which everyone's been, you know, making that the theme song of Taylor and Travis, because I want to be your first string. I want to be your Endgame, Endgame, you know, lots of sports references in the song. And the bracelets lit up in Chiefs colors. 
Red and yellow, baby. That's Wild. crazy. Another unhinged moment. Cam Saunders, who's one of the backup dancers, his brother won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs last year. His brother doesn't play for the Chiefs anymore, but he did. Cam has that extra connection. And when Cam does his little solo dance during Bejeweled, he gets to break it down before Taylor goes, nice! He started to dance, and then he pulled back and did the archer pose that Travis does when he enters the stadium, which is notably different than Taylor's, just because of how they release the pose it's subtle but it's there anyway mm-hmm. he did travis's signature coming into arrowhead stadium before the game starts so archer right? pose and she was showing off vocally that night she was changing notes and songs going up a few notes she was really really trying to put on a show and well yes she's always trying to put on a show for us with these I think she was being extra show-offy because her boyfriend was there. So something that I've noticed is just the general shift in conversation around Taylor and Travis since Saturday. That might be my chronically online thing of seeing a lot of TikToks of people who are like, I'm a grown man. Formerly, I did not care about this. Now I'm kicking my feet. But also, I went into my second job yesterday morning, and the question (laughs) everybody had for me was, what happened last night? What was going on? Why did she say that? What is the relationship? Or I saw the kiss. Even my parents knew what happened in Buenos Aires. Like everybody knows and everybody cares now. And I was trying to figure out why. And there's a lot of different speculations on why people seem to care so much. And I think the one that I think is most likely is that when we're all kids, we have this dream idea of what a fairy tale is. And then we grow up and we're like, that's not really likely. And Mm -hmm. this is one of the closest scenarios for many people of watching a fairy tale unfold. We all want to see the nerdy theater kid end up with the hot jock and we get to watch it happen in real time in real life. It's like it gives hope. And it's so giving the most perfect little rom-com romance that I've ever, ever seen unfold. And I love that it's kind of giving a full circle moment with Taylor's song 15 from Fearless. Because in that song, she sings, in your life, you'll do things greater than dating the boy in the football team. I didn't know that at 15. At this point in her life, she is doing things greater. I know at, at that moment, she's talking about high school and, you know, moving on from dating the high school football player. But she has her career that's peaking at the highest point it ever has before. Who knows if it will be higher? We think it will be, but, you know, (laughs) who knows? And she's still got a boy on the football team. She can have it all. Yeah. It's just so, so, so interesting to me how just the cultural shift, particularly what I've seen in grown men around this relationship, because for so long, it was this attitude of like, we don't need Swifties in this fandom. And now I'm seeing just this complete shift of everybody has an investment in this. And there's always the people that are just living boring, shitty naysayer lives. And they can have their boring, shitty naysayer lives all they want. But for everybody mm-hmm. else, they get to, for a moment in time, enjoy something that is just so pure. And that is the blossoming relationship between Taylor and Travis. I'm so obsessed. It's okay to find joy in something that you're completely detached from, like a celebrity relationship. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with, you know, vicariously living through these two people that will likely never meet. (laughs) And life is tough right now, and the world's on fire, and things are really difficult, and it's okay to find joy where you can find joy. And this is something joyous. It's lovely. 
So a couple other things that have nothing to do with Taylor and Travis, but I have to mention them. Taylor name dropped debut in her opening speech right before Lover, which people thought was interesting because she doesn't normally do that. Yeah. She held up six fingers right before Champagne Problems, six fingers reputation. Yes, she was mentioning that she was nominated for six Grammys, which is amazing. (laughs) But she also was very intentional about holding up those six digits. Lastly, massively unhinged moment. We talked about how she did Endgame as her piano surprise song. But before that, she did a mashup of Is It Over Now and Out of the Woods. And I just have to say that we talk so much about Harry Styles in this podcast. We're going to tell you in a minute about how we're going to talk about him even more. But when we say that Is It Over Now is so Harry Styles coded, we've seen people online be like, I don't know if it is. Well, that confirmed that it is. Don't know what else to tell you. Literally. I feel like Out of the Woods is the most Harry Styles song of all Harry Styles songs. So, yeah, absolutely. And right before before she performed the Out of the Woods bridge and she pulls away from the mic, her eyes got really wide. And I was like, that is the girl who knows she's about to do something absolutely unhinged. Did you see the point of view of the girl? I think she was pretty high up, like almost nosebleeds. And Taylor did that guitar break in Is It Over Now? And the fan up in the stands who TikTok this was started singing remember when you hit the brakes too soon and finished the whole bridge and then Taylor started it yes it was amazing and you know Taylor got that from a fan because in Taylor's liked TikToks she liked a TikTok of a girl saying thank you so much for this Taylor of singing the bridge of Out of the Woods to that part and is it over now so she saw that TikTok and was like yeah I'm gonna do that and that fan probably also saw that TikTok and was like that's so fun and she's singing along and it's just it's iconic Another unhinged moment, not from Argentina night two, but night three, it was a show that was rescheduled from Friday night, which was 11, 10, 23. And there was a theory that Taylor was going to announce Reputation Taylor's version on this date. And that when she rescheduled it, she was going to do it on Sunday at that rescheduled show. During the acoustic set before Taylor started playing, the crowd was chanting, Reputation, Reputation. And Taylor pretended like she didn't know what they were saying and made a whole bit about it and was like, what are you saying? What? Oh, now go stand in the corner and think about what you did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Now like attitude that she had was so funny. And did she Loki call us out for being clowns? Whatever. It's absolutely. And I do just have to make brief commentary on the pairing of better than revenge and then slut because I feel like that was the most perfect way she could have played better than revenge. Um, I know better than revenge isn't a song that she's particularly proud of because it came from a place of girl blaming and slut shaming. You know, she changed the lyric of the massively slut shaming line in it on Taylor's version. And then she followed it up with a song that she wrote from personal experience of being slut shamed. So I feel like it was just a really tasteful nod at the issues of Better Than Revenge. To wrap this up, we've been getting asked a lot over the past few months, pretty much ever since that New Heights episode where Travis talked about the friendship bracelet thing all the way back in July. We've been asked what we think about Tavis Wesley, and we've given our thoughts here and there, very apprehensively, especially at first. But here we are now. It's lovely. People love asking us. My aunt even texted me over the weekend and asked for my (laughs) thoughts. 
and I'm going to redirect her to this episode because I'm just so happy for them because you can see sheer joy on both of their faces. And that is so human. And that is so lovely. And I'm just so utterly happy for these two people, even if I don't know them and they don't know me. I love watching it unfold. And it's wild to watch another iconic pop culture phenomenon happen in front of us. In real time. Yeah. What did you learn this week? What did I learn this week? I learned that there is truly a decent chance that Taylor will come to the Eagles-Chiefs game on Monday night, November 20th. Devastated I didn't get tickets a few months ago. I really thought about it. But there's a decent enough chance because initially I was like, there's no shot she'll fly that far for one or two days to be with Travis. He flew all the way to Argentina for like two days to be with Taylor. So, yep, it's on the table. She very well might end up at the game. I'm probably going to piggyback off of that because I tailored just how invested he is in her. Like, yeah, he flew to New York for a game and happened to see her while he was there, you know, but he flew to Argentina for two nights. I just love them. I really hope, one, that they're truly on game, but I know that's obnoxious to say this early in the game. I at least hope that they are long-term, no matter what that ends up meaning. I want them to be right. And it's okay if they're not. As I've said before, it is not anybody's responsibility to be somebody else's person. And that goes for both of them as well. But I really want them to be. (laughs) I want them to be right. I can't wait for the music we're going to get from this. What are we talking about next week, though? Next week, as promised, in our last episode, we're going to redo the Hailer, Harry Styles and Taylor Swift timeline for you. There's a lot of post-relationship drama that went down that we didn't touch enough in our original episode. We kind of gave the lowdown of what happened when they officially dated each other. But there was a lot that happened afterward. And the vault tracks on 1989 intrigued us enough to take a second look and we have a lot more information for you this time we pushed it off because we just were foaming at the mouth to talk about taylor and travis but next week rest assured we got a big episode for you it is a whole can of worms you guys i'm not kidding i'm I'm so not kidding when i say this olivia has spent hours and hours and hours making sure that this timeline is pristine because if you think you know everything that happened between harry and taylor i promise you you are wrong honestly the research i did changed a lot of things in my head canon I would recommend going and listening to our Harry Styles episode all the way back from the summer of 22, one of our first episodes and our first Mm -hmm. ever Muses episode. Go revisit that one because 2012, we've got pretty much right. It's after the public split where, well, we think some more things happened and we think that they should be talked about. And it's coming to you just in time for Thanksgiving. For those of you who celebrate the day before Thanksgiving, you are going to have this big chunk of an episode. Oh, yeah. You're going to be full on Tay Learning. You're going to be full on your food or whatever, but you're also going to be full on Tay Learning. And then, and then we've got even more coming because while that food digests and goes away, you're going to be a little bit peckish again the following week. We've got even more tea. We'll save it. We'll save it. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil your Tay Learning dinner, but it's coming. Gobble, gobble. And I guess the only true spoiler at that is the knowledge that we've gained from re-researching Hayler. It's going to be in two episodes. So next week and the following week, we're talking about Hayler because there's so much we cannot fit it in one episode. 
Oh, yeah. We're getting a nice little Haler sandwich. So stay tuned and follow us on social media at Taylorning Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. You can send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our website, taylorningpodcast.com. Find us on Twitter if you want to at Taylorning. That we'll chat next week. Yes. See you next time. Get ready to talk Haler. Oh, I just burped, which I never do. Oh, that was very confusing for me. Oh, I had no control over that. Okay, I'm going to back up. You need some Tums or something. I have my poppy. That's why you're burping. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's try that again.